Hi, and welcome to the Unashamedly Human Podcast, a podcast created to help you get out of your head and into your life. That is, if you want to have more fun, freedom, happiness, peace of mind, and success whilst squeezing the juice out of every area of your life. Join Jackie Ford every Thursday and listen in to her warm Scottish tones, wise heart and wonderful sense of humour as she interviews guests and discusses what it means to be unashamedly human. Hi everyone and welcome to the Unashamedly Human podcast. My name is Jackie Ford and today I am with coach, author, speaker, and all-round crazy human being, Ankush Jain. I'm really looking forward to speaking to Ankush because he's recently um, launched a new book called Sweet Sharing. And in this book, Ankush is pointing the readers towards rediscovering who they really are. Hi, Ankush. Welcome for joining me. Hello. I think that's the first time I've been introduced to an interview as a crazy human being, but uh, (laughs) coming from a Scot, I'll take that as a compliment. (laughs) total compliment i still remember the the dishwasher conversation we had the last time and how people don't really talk about when you first get married so no no i do i love your sense of humor ankush so um yeah it's a compliment if i'm if i'm slagging you off it's a compliment (laughs) i'll keep that in mind (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. there's a fine line there's a fine line ankush you know we recently spoke and I said that, you know, that I wanted to, to get a copy of your book and you very kindly said something to me. You said, I'll send you a copy. And I said to you, I don't want you to send me a copy. I want to support you. So I bought my own copy. And I did that for many reasons because one of the first reasons is you've created something created something that is from your heart and you've put it out into the world and I want to support that not just via, you know, sort of saying thank you for something free, but also sort of to financially say, yeah, here, because I know that these things cost money to do this, you know, sort of to put a book together, the time that you spent away from doing your coaching or whatever, And I think it's just really, really important that as human beings and coaches that we do support one another in whatever way we possibly can. So I bought my copy from Amazon um, and I just loved it, Ankush. It's it's a really gorgeous little book about your journey. Well, thank you for buying the book. I I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a very, very personal book. In many ways, it's more personal than I originally intended it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but my my style of coaching and, and sharing, as you know from our last conversation, mm-hmm. it, I, I really like sharing stories. Mm-hmm. And I also like reading um, even nonfiction books, but ones that are, are kind of more of a storytelling style. And so that kind of naturally came out on the page. Uh, and, and it seems to have really resonated with people. I'm I'm getting messages from, and it's really interesting because different stories resonate with different people. There's been no one chapter where everyone said, oh, that one chapter mm. is the one that really resonated with me. It's almost that everyone that messages me will will pick a different chapter. 
which is kind of nice because we we resonate with with different things. Mm. You want to share any of those anchors? Uh, God, I mean, the, the, there's so many. I find myself relating now to chapters with my clients because mm. you know they've 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 all got a copy of the book, and so you know I go, well, do you remember when you read chapter? on on forgiveness or do you remember when you read that chapter on guilt and it really helps bring it back um but the whole book is is really about implications that's what the book is about so rather than a a book about doing or behaviors or um techniques Mm. it's really a book about having people consider that if the way the world works is different to the way that they think it works because I hear that a lot from from our colleagues. Well, it's there's no doing involved, and I think sometimes people struggle to grasp that. I know I struggle to grasp it. Yeah. And so I wanted to take it one step further with some stories as well, which is, well, if it doesn't work that way, what what then happens? Yeah. And and you know, okay, one one example is is the chapter on forgiveness, where I had a p- particular view on forgiveness that it was very spiritual to forgive. And, you know, we don't question that. That's that's obvious. And then one of my mentors said, well, if the world works in the way that you are feeling your thinking moment to moment, which is one of the tenets of of the three principles work that that I do, well, if that's how the mind works, well, why would you need to forgive? And when he said that to me, my my jaw kind of fell open and I was like, oh, I couldn't think of an answer. (laughs) Right. So it was like an implication that, oh, forgiveness in it in and of itself is only required when or or to me, it was only required when I felt that someone was, you know, did something which harmed, made me feel bad. Now, don't get me wrong. That's not saying, you know, people that you should let anyone do whatever they want to you. But the concept of forgiveness really fell away. There was less doing involved. Mm -hmm. so that was just incredibly helpful and what I found is the book I mean the book could have been twice as long in many ways I could have kept writing chapters because there's so many places that I I still keep discovering Mm -hmm. that there are implications to to understanding how the mind worked yeah I love that you have to be wronged you have to feel as though you've been wronged first where does that come from Ankush right you know it's 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 something that we just well i don't want to say we make up but it Mm -hmm. you know it comes from so many places and i and i often talk about this with my clients that we've got culture right like culturally in in uh in your town your Mm -hmm. city your your country your region right like we we can do this we can say well in the western world we think like this or we can say well in britain we're, we're more like this well in, or you know we're in scotland right or in or in glasgow you know we 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 have that cultural belief system that we pick mm-hmm. up and and then we have you know our parents you know and i was taught certain things when i was young well this is how it is and this mm-hmm. is what we believe because we are insert the blank here right um you, you have your your friends and your colleagues you have the media we, we have all these inputs which you know we can take on board from to certain degrees or ignore um but there's a lot of sources 
of information telling us that the outside, whatever you want to call the outside, circumstances, people, whatever, is what is causing us to feel a certain way. Mm. And it's so ingrained that we never question it. I've never questioned it for my whole life. It really looked like to me that the way I thought was the right way. (laughs) That's that's the way it should be. Oh, me too. (laughs) And And then anything that doesn't go alongside that thinking mm. is 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 wrong or bad or or, or something else mm. and so and so th- there are all of these because the way our minds work we can't think through a process you know of of thinking things every time it's it, we have to have shortcuts right so we have all these shortcuts in our life that we've 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 picked up over the years mm-hmm right? Like, um, this whole thing about forgiveness or another chapter that I had, which is kind of related, which was on guilt, Mm. right? Well, if I feel guilty, then I'm a good person. That was just a shortcut for me that I had this feeling of guilt and I didn't process it. I was just like, Oh yeah. Okay. This means I'm, I've, I've, I'm good because I feel bad about something that I've done. This is a good emotion. Right. (laughs) And, and the worse that I feel, the more guilty I am. And, and therefore the better a person I am, the, the more sincere I am about, you know, being, being upset about something. And, and again, I never questioned that until Mm -hmm. one day it just occurred to me uh, as, as I was learning about how the mind worked, well, what's this guilt thing? Well, what if that's just coming from my thinking moment to moment too? What if that's not having anything? Well, if it is, then that doesn't have anything to do with me being a good person or a bad person. I was like, whoa, and unbeknownst to me, a lot of guilty feelings that I've been holding on to just just fell away. Mm. You know, they just they just dropped, and that hasn't made me. You know, you know the implications of this isn't that you then become a heartless person. In in fact, it's the opposite because what happened when all these guilty feelings fell away, I kind of was freer to have better relationships with whoever was in my life. You know, or, you know, if there was someone that I felt guilty about doing something or saying something in the past, I could just reach out to them and say, hey, I'm really sorry about that. I find it easier to say that. I just reconnected with a colleague of mine. And and this was someone that I didn't have a bad relationship with, but on, on occasions we kind of butted heads mm-hmm. and it really looked like it was her fault. It really looked like it was her fault. And I just apologized. We just reconnected randomly. And uh, I said, hey, I'm really sorry if I was a bit of a dick. You know, you know <laughs> before yeah. we, when we met. It's just, I had a lot of insecurity at the time. Now, I, I, again, it's easier to say that. Yeah. Because I've gotten, I've got less on it, you know, on, on my, my image of who I was, which was made up of all these misunderstandings. Mm, that's beautiful, actually. <laughs> Thank you. So to be able to go back. And, and, and say that and, and, and just sensing your humour about it. You know, there's, there's a gorgeous lightheartedness about that. And, and the thing I think people don't recognise in themselves is that we're constantly changing, whether you're, you know, a, a seeker and trying to become enlightened or whether you're in the personal development world, we're always looking to become a better person in one way or another. And even if you're not doing that, life shapes you. 
so your your you know the way you think about life constantly changes. Yet people think they're always going to meet the same person twice, and you just don't because we're constantly evolving and constantly changing. There was one of your chapters I particularly loved, and it was gut instincts and insights. That particular chapter I just thought was was so gorgeous in the way that it it pointed people towards these subtle differences and 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 how to how to really understand what's going on. Can you talk about that chapter? Well, what's really interesting is how, you know, you just talked about how life shapes you. Mm. In the past week, I mean, literally in the past week, I've had further thoughts around gut instincts and and Mm. insights. You know, I can't even remember what I I wrote in that (laughs) chapter now, but I can tell you how I'm I'm seeing it is Mm. that, more and more well well firstly i'll I'll say i think what i wrote in the chapter was you know looking at things as as inside out looking at the that us creating our reality via our own thinking take stuff off your mind mm. and you know people use different words for that some people use that as superstitious thinking some people use that as erroneous thinking some people it doesn't really matter it just takes stuff off your mind for me, what then is left is I was able to better tap into my gut instincts or my intuition because mm-hmm. I had less of that noise in my head. I had a less, less of a noisy head. Um, and, and it was kind of like building a muscle. The more I, was, I noticed that and was able to tap into it, the, the stronger I was able to hear that, 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 uh, that voice, if you like, of intuition mm-hmm. and gut instinct. Um, and then that was combined with me learning more about how the mind worked, which kept taking more stuff off my mind. So it was this virtuous cycle. And what, what's really occurred to me just even in the last week is how just how strong that gut instinct is, like really strong. And, and I've just come back yesterday from spending a few days with a couple of my mentors and one of the biggest takeaways I had from those few days was just how strong my, my instincts were. And I was someone who really believed I was a terrible judge of character. Mm. You know, this is not coming from someone who really had strong gut instincts growing up, who made the right decisions. I was like the exact opposite of that completely. So you know, I don't want people to listen to this thing. Well, maybe Kush was always like that. Maybe, you know, I was born this way or something. I mean, we are born that way, but I, I, I wasn't tapping into it at all in my teens. And, um, you know, looking back, made, made, you know, friends with people that maybe I shouldn't have been friends with or uh, really acted out a lot of insecurity and um, what I would call misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. But, but that, voice of reason or common sense or wisdom or intuition i mean there's all all the same that has always been there and the more i understand about how the mind works the more i just and it's not understand how the mind works that there's more to know i mean it's just seeing the same thing clearer and clearer the more i see that the 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 better i'm able to tap into it and see things now where i'm like there was something a bit off about that person and I couldn't quite put my finger on it, but I just didn't trust them. And then over time, 
you know, something will come out and I'll be like, oh yeah, like that was what was going on because, you know, maybe I find out later that, I don't know, maybe, maybe I had a sales conversation with someone and someone was trying to sell me something and something just felt a bit off. And I was like, oh, that's, that's a bit odd. And then I'll, I'll find out, uh, uh, you know, six months or a year later, oh, during that time, they were really struggling for money or something. Yeah. Oh, well, that, that's what, was, something was there. I don't know, what, what was that about? Oh, okay, that's it. Or, or then I'll have a conversation with someone who will look a certain way and I'll go, oh, something's not quite right there. And, and I'll find out that we're going through some personal issues and it can go the other way where I can meet people who logically, you know, people might say, well, maybe you shouldn't hang around with this person or, you know, maybe, may, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm making stuff up, but it, I find that I often go against the flow. Maybe, the, maybe, maybe this is a misunderstanding of mine. I don't <laughs> know, but like, I don't tend to go with the crowd. If everyone's following like if everyone's reading a certain book, so this is irony because if I was listening to someone else, I might not pick up my own book because if everyone goes, read this book, I'm like, well, maybe I won't because everyone's telling me to, I'll pick it up in six months time. Um, but I tend to not do that. And, and what I found is that when I, when I'm quieter in my head when I, and I slow down and, and, and really listen to this wisdom and intuition, I'll kind of know what's the right next thing for me. And often that is not what, what other people are telling me. And I think I wrote about this maybe in my chapter as well, how in my coaching business at every, I mean, every step of the way I've had someone telling me to do the exact opposite of what I've done, including with this book, by the way, Really, with this book, you know, I was getting advice around, you know, you, you should, you know, what I don't know if people know this, but there's lots of ways of fixing and and cheating the Amazon algorithm to mm. make your book a number one bestseller, right? You you basically categorize it in an obscure subcategory. Um, you then wait till one o'clock in the morning when nobody is buying books, and you buy three copies of your own book. And when you do that, uh, it suddenly becomes an Am- Amazon number one bestseller. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't want to do that because I felt it very disingenuous. Yeah. Um, and so I, I didn't bother. I, di- I didn't really even set out to, to, for it to be a bestseller. I think at one point it was in the top 10 um, books in the whole of personal development. But that was just because it was the first week of the book going out. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even, I didn't even, I don't think I even published, publicized that. I think this is the first time I'm telling anyone that um, because it, because it doesn't, that's not what's important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, there might be people listening to this going, well, Kush, maybe you should. And, but I've always trusted that, that instinct with my, with my business. And it seems to have worked out pretty well. And so I just keep following that. And I've also realized this for my clients where, and I'm seeing this more and more, right? So this is where it goes against, uh, might be an area where this really goes against common prevailing wisdom, Right. If I'm speaking to a client, now my business, the way I make money is people pay, pay me to spend time with me, in effect. Either it's in a group setting or, or it's on a one-on-one basis. And so it would seem very logical 
that I would want people to pay me money. (laughs) (laughs) That would seem logical. Mm -hmm. But coming back down to this whole wisdom and intuition thing, I've realized more and more, sometimes I have this feeling of when I'm speaking to someone, maybe we're not a good fit for a variety of reasons. And, And that doesn't mean... Um, that there's something wrong with them or wrong with me. It, there's just some, we're just not a good fit. And any time that I've ignored that, it, it's been proven true in the long, long run. And I look back and I think, well, yeah, there was my gut instinct. Mm-hmm. Similarly, the, tr- the same is true for, for people I'm speaking to. Sometimes I'll be speaking to someone, they'll tell me they've got this challenge and I'll say, yeah, right. Uh, this is what I can help you with. We can do this. And they won't hire me. And I've also realized that's no exception. That's their wisdom in the moment. That's their intuition. And I don't know better than the universe, right? Like I don't know what journey they've got to go through. Maybe the exact right thing for them to do is work with someone else, mm-hmm. which might not make sense to me, but it again, it would be out of integrity for me to say, you've got to trust your wisdom. You've got to trust your intuition and gut instinct, except when it comes to paying me, then you've got to trust my wisdom and instinct and intuition. And I think you should pay me. Obviously it doesn't work that way. It, it's, it's going to be a hundred percent one way or, or, or nothing at all. And that's been really helpful. And the, and the, again, the irony of that or the paradox is that of that is the more I, I see that ironically, the more that people often want to work with me because I'm, I'm not needy about it. Yeah. Right. There's, there's nothing on it. Mm. That is, but that, that also is authenticity. That that's you working from your true nature. Ankush. that's you seeing life in a, in a beautifully profound way. I, I, I've always been like that with people. If, if I didn't like them on first, you know, sort of when I first meet people, I'm like, Oh, Okay. It didn't mean that I wouldn't be civil. It didn't mean that I would keep out their way, but it would just mean that I would watch, just watch what happened. And and I have a phrase that I use all the time. And I say, I just watch people reveal themselves to me. Because I'm obviously doing that all the time. I'm revealing myself to other people too. And what you pointed to the Ankish, which was really beautiful, was people to have their own insights into things, to make space, to have those insights. And if they're always listening to other people's opinions, then they're not allowing that wisdom to, to, to rise within them because they're busy-minded listening to what other people say. I absolutely love what you've said about not manipulating the system what's the point? What's the point of that? I don't, I don't get it. That's all very egoic for me. You've written a book that is a beautiful book, which is of service to people and humanity to help them understand their, their true nature, who they really are from a space of experience. And that will find its way out into the world, Ankish, by word of mouth. Because I often watch some of our colleagues and the way they've done things, and you can see that's what they're doing. But to me, that just, I mean, lovingly, that just comes from, they, they, that's what they want to do, and that's okay. It has nothing to do with me. Nothing to do with me whatsoever. And I wish them luck, and I think it's great. 
But a lot of people get, get caught up in that because they think that's what they're meant to do too. Yeah, and, and I'll make it clear that, you know, this isn't about me saying that my way is, is right. Like I, I love the word authenticity and mm. it's, it's a shame that it's, I think in personal development circles, it's almost overused. Mm. Um, but, but, it, but it's, it's so true. It's so great that, yeah, cause the subtitle of the book is rediscovering the real you. Yeah. You could say it's, it's basically your authentic self. Yeah. And again, the more, the more I see how it doesn't work, the more I see how, and how it does work therefore it's almost like i can't help but my authenticity to come through it, it's it's a it's a side effect it's it's um it just happens mm-hmm. and um and everyone's got their 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 own version of that and i think that's really what i i wanted to point people to mm-hmm. um and, I, and i'll also say maybe you're going to ask me about this but i'll also say this and i because I, I hope this came across in the book um that i am certainly not perfect <laughs> you know this this book isn't about finding our perfect selves or you know anything like that yes on a, on a spiritual level of course we're all we're all born perfect you know you you, you just anyone has ever seen a newborn kid they're they're absolutely beautifully perfect in that in that moment i'm not talking about that because that's obviously inside of us and i see that you know in in other people but in terms of how we're living day to day i have misunderstandings in in fact um when i was proofreading my book um my wife said can you can you read some of the chapters to me and then was giggling as I was reading them, because she goes, you, you don't do that. You, you need to, you know, right. And, uh, and, I, and I'm, and I'm learning this too. You know, this, this book wasn't a case of, um, Hey, this is how it works. And I see this 100% of the time, always. It was more of a case of, Hey, here's what I've been learning. And here's some implications of that, which have been really helpful for me to see. And I lose sight of that. And it's, totally human to do that and um it's been really helpful for me to see that and not beat myself up about it again this isn't this isn't a book about well here are all the ways you should think (laughs) and if you don't you know beat yourself up about it this is this is just hey how it works and and it, it was really an opening for people to to explore it see if it's true for them and and maybe maybe then dive in deeper afterwards Mm. I think that's very obvious in the book, Ankush. I don't think you've got anything to worry about there whatsoever. And it really is the premise of this understanding called the three principles as well. You know, I'd, I have recently been working with um, a client, one of my mentees, and, 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 and her work situation isn't how she would like it to be at the moment. And she was giving herself a hard time and beating herself up about it. And I know that's one of the other chapters that I'd like to talk to you about. You know, and she was beating herself up about it because she thought because she knew this understanding, she should be okay in a toxic environment. So I'd love to talk to you about that because I know that you, like me, have a corporate background. So what, what's your thoughts on that, Ankush? Yeah, you know, well, well, first of all, it only works one way, mm. right? Like there's, there's no, I don't want to suddenly go in. Well, well, there's an exception. If you, if you're working with a really difficult boss, and again, I've talked about that in the book or, or, you know, 
what whatever if there are certain circumstances well that's an exception mm-hmm. it, it was really helpful for me in a situation because i've worked for people i've loved working for and gotten great um and um and seen as family and and i've worked for people who i really struggled with and when i was working with with someone who i really struggled with it was really helpful for me at the time to be training in this understanding because there was no exception and that doesn't mean you don't do anything about it right Mm. seeing things as um as thought being involved in that in terms of um it's not a case of my boss or my colleague or the organization is like this and it causes me to feel this way and there's there's and we're missing out our thinking involved in that it's helpful to see well for me it was so helpful to see well it's my thinking that is creating this experience or this felt experience of my boss or the organization now when i take that into account i have less on it and i may choose to go for another job i may choose to change um change companies and i'll tell you why right there's a difference between a preference right and 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 think and thinking no it needs to be different and i live for my life a lot of things need to be a certain way mm-hmm. and didn't realize that i had there was a, there was a difference between having a preference for things being a certain way and it has to be a certain way now how can we tell well there's a real quick way that we can tell if things don't go according to your preference if you think you're going to get really upset then it's a little bit more than a preference then you're kind of attached to the outcome right but it, but if you're like well i would prefer things to be like this and not like that and that's okay we again we can have goals for the future or ideas of where we want to be as long as we're not attached to that that's that's fine and so when you when you work in an organization or someone's listening to this and if they're in a what what someone might call a toxic environment or in a toxic relationship like if you're with someone who's just really a not a very nice person and puts you down all the time or whatever yeah that doesn't cause you to feel bad right it's your thinking that's involved in that now so when you kind of realize that or, or get a glimpse of it even you don't need to realize it fully and you can be more neutral about it from a neutral place you could say well do you know what I'd, I'd like to be i'd prefer prefer to be with someone who's a little bit more cheery and a little bit more fun and, and not putting me down all the time and i've and and have not so much on it no, no emotional charge about it and so from that place you might go well tell your partner do you know what you, do you want to cheer up or or actually i don't think this is working for me or or, or an organization if you if you want to you know, do well in your career, which there's nothing wrong with that. A lot of people do. I know I used to want to do that when I worked in corporate and you're working for an organization where they don't really value your work and they don't value that. You don't need to get upset about it and like, Oh, it should be a certain way. And when you see how the, how the mind works, that, that kind of happens. You, you can, you can go, well, okay, well, this hasn't worked out as I planned. Uh, if I stay here, is this going to change? probably not so i can i can have a great time while i'm here as best as i can and it might make sense for me to go and look for another job mm-hmm. and you know often I, I will talk to clients who are really upset about their current circumstances in, in a number of different fields and they're like oh it has to no i can't and they have all these 
mm-hmm. um, barriers up like, well, no, I can't move job because of this and I can't do that because of that. And I can't. And, and when you're caught out in thinking that the circumstances making you feel upset, for example, um, you naturally have the blinkers on. Yeah. And, and you probably find this too, Jackie, with your own clients. But when, when, when we realize, well, thoughts involved in this whole equation mm. and, and it's our thinking that is creating our, our felt experience, we become more neutral. And guess what? All of a sudden, there are much, many more options than we realized. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that, uh, you know, I read a book recently called Creator by Steve Chandler. And in the book, I can't remember what he wrote, but what I took from it was, if who we are, now I'm going to get a bit spiritual, if who we are is the, you know, infinite creative potential of the universe, right? If our soul is connected to all the other souls and, and you know, some people might even say if, if we're uh, in Christianity, we are uh, um, creating the image of our creator and, you know, all different religions have versions mm-hmm. like this or spirituality. I'm not, I'm not going on a religious uh, rant, but if that's who we are, right, if we are the infinite creative potential of the universe, well, it makes sense that there won't only be one option, <laughs> right? And mm-hmm. so uh, when I'm talking about rediscovering the real you or our authentic self, we kind of get closer to that infinite potential. And I'm not saying you're going to be end up enlightened from reading the book or you're going to realize that, you know, some, some, you know, deeper meaning of life, maybe you will, but just stepping closer to that reality just gives me more perspective. Mm-hmm. And I want to offer that more perspective to the readers that maybe it's not so focused and, and, I've seen this time and time again for both me and my clients. There was a really gorgeous distinction in what you just said there, Ankush, and, and, and I'd love you to talk about it a wee bit more. And it's when you said that, you know, we're human, we have preferences. You know, I say this to my clients all the time. We're human and we have preferences. There are things we like and things we don't like. And you mentioned we have preferences, but if they're kind of screwing us up... <laughs> You know, we're sort of really quite heavily attached to them. And that's maybe more than a preference. Yeah, it, you know, I call it about being attached to the outcome, right? It, uh, when I first started learning about how the mind worked, I was like, oh, no, I can't have any preferences. Hmm. You know, I, everything's created via my thinking. So I, I kind of just stop thinking or something like that. <laughs> uh, but it's fine. It's fine to have preferences you know as, mm. as as children we had prefer well i prefer mint ice cream and not chocolate ice cream um doesn't mean you can't enjoy chocolate ice cream but you can have preferences mm-hmm. but if someone gives you chocolate ice cream and you throw it on the floor and stamp your feet you kind of may be attached <laughs> to, to your thinking about the chocolate ice cream you know and we have we have our versions of that we get really attached to outcomes turning out a certain way mm-hmm. and and I mean, this is true. I was talking to a client this morning about this and, and, and the metaphor of sports. Mm. You know, if, if, um, if a team gets to say a final mm. that they never had any uh, expectation of reaching, they tend, I'm not saying this is 100%, but they tend to play freer because they're like, well, hey, this is a bonus. We didn't expect to get to this, this final. So let's just, let's just enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And they're having more fun and whatever. And the team where they were expected to win, 
right? They, they, can, they can sometimes, not always, they can sometimes get in their own heads and like really be attacked. Like we need to win this game. We need to win this game and become more rigid and stuck and, and end up losing a, 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 a match or, or a game. You know, so it, it, it's something that I'm seeing clearer and clearer for myself, which is probably why I'm, I'm talking about it today, uh, of this idea of preferences versus, you know, attachments, you know, because, um, because it's, so, it's so helpful to me more than anything else right it's helpful to me i think it's really really cool it's a, it's a beautiful distinction you know and, and and i hadn't actually thought about that so that's why i wanted you to talk about it a wee bit more that if it's a a preference and you've got you know you're, you're reacting to it and not responding to it then there's there's something else there yeah and, and the paradox is and i've kind of known this for a long time without being consciously aware of it like I had an inkling of this mm -hmm. it seemed that the more I was attached to some outcome or something mm -hmm. the more it evaded me yeah so again in the book I, I, I talked about you know one of my misunderstandings when I was younger and it's so embarrassing to say was like I thought I could only be happy when I when I got married um, and I'm, I'm sure all the married people listening to this will be laughing their heads off when they, when they hear that. Um, but like, that was, that was one of my misunderstandings. Like I thought I was half and I'm, and it's, I'm sure I'm not the only one. I thought I need to meet my other half and, and to be a whole and really, so I was really attached. I mean, really attached to, to meeting someone and, and, and getting married. And the more I was attached to it, the more it seemed to evade me. And I remember one of my friends telling me, and I was like 28, 29 years old. And he looked at me and he goes, I don't understand what's going on, Kush. I went, what's that? And he was, he was so right. And I didn't like hearing this, but he was so right. He went, he said, you're, you know, you're, you're good looking. You've got a good job. You're, you know, you're, you're young enough. And he goes, you know, he goes, I know all these girls who really want to settle down and get married. And he goes, all the guys that I know either are married or they're like, they don't want to get married. He goes, you've got everything that a girl's looking for. And, and he goes, I don't know why they keep dumping you because <laughs> I just got dumped. <laughs> right. And I didn't like hearing that. And I was uh -huh. like, yeah. And I, and I intuitively knew, okay, something's, something's not right. And part of it was, I was so attached to that outcome. Mm -hmm. And so it evaded me. So, similarly in my mid twenties, I was really attached to the idea of working for myself and starting my own business. But, but I also had all this fear along with it. Like, mm. Oh, cause what if it doesn't work out? I'd rather not do it because then it's still an option to do in the future rather than do it and, and fail mm. because, because I, I was so attached to it working out. I think that's huge. Ankush, especially for, people who are transitioning from their, you know, working for corporate and they want to, to go into business by themselves. But I see that in a lot of the coaches that I mentor as well, that they will do everything they possibly can not to do something. And you've got a chapter in the book that's about procrastination. So I'd love to hear sort of what your take on, expand what you've been speaking about in terms of this, you know, not being attached to things and how that can have an impact on procrastination. Yeah, I, I think when I wrote about in the book, I wasn't maybe talking about it from attachment to things, but, um, but yeah, you're, you're right. It, mm. it applies in that way as well. That mm. You know, when we have a, a preference for something, 
you know, we'll spend time put, you know, towards it. And if we don't have time, we don't beat ourselves up about it. Mm -hmm. But, but, um, when I, when I, I know that I do this, when I'm really attached to like, Oh, I need to really do this or whatever. The, the paradox is I can find myself avoiding it more. And I know in the book that, you know, when I talked about procrastination, I used to procrastinate a lot and, um, especially in my job. And I put off certain things because it looked like working on that task would, would be less enjoyable, less comfortable than working on a different task. Uh, and when I started to see through that, I started to really fly through my work. Now this came up again when I started my own coaching business and I would love doing almost everything in my coaching business except my accounts. And I hated looking at my spreadsheets and like, Oh, this is boring. This, you know, I didn't like that, but it kept occurring to me like this can't be an exception. And, and now I have a lot less on my accounts mm. than, you know, this thinking I have about it, which was causing me to procrastinate and always like get to the year and maybe other business owners can relate to this. Like you get to the year and like, Oh crap, I've got to do, do the accounts again. <laughs> and I see so you put your hand up there, Jackie. Yeah. So over time, you know, it's, it's become less of an issue mm-hmm. and, and I've, and I've avoided it less, you know, which is what pro- procrastination led to, but, but you're right. I mean, it can also tie into, to attachment, mm-hmm. you know, that, like I said, like when I was, when I was attached to a certain outcome, you know, I put so much pressure on it. I, I was subconsciously too scared to start it. Yeah. You know, and gone. No, I was just going to say it's that fear of failure thing. And again, yeah. isn't it, which you know, you can say to people, you know, it's, it all works the same way. It's all an inside out experience, mm. but until people can see that for themselves, they will still have that feeling. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and, and that's why, I mean, you say it's a, it's a, it's a little book, but I mean, it's, it's, it's 50,000 words. Yeah. Uh, that, 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 I never thought I'd write that many words in my life on anything. It, it, it's a lot of words because like I said, there's, there's so many areas with, with which that, that I keep seeing like, Oh God, that, yeah, God, that has an impact there in it. Oh, it has an impact over there. And I mean, even with procrastination, one of the things that I, that I saw was, because there's layers on it. This isn't just, we're talking about this almost very, um, you know, linear kind of mm. one-to-one relationship, but there's layers of think, thinking upon thinking, or should I say misunderstanding upon misunderstanding. So I might procrastinate because I, I think doing something is going to make me feel bad. So, well, I don't, I don't want to spend time doing my accounts because, oh, it's a bit boring and whatever. So I avoid it. I procrastinate, even though it needs to get done. And then when I procrastinate, I have this now another layer of, of thinking of, well, now I'm a bad person because I'm procrastinating. So then I feel bad for feeling bad, right? And, and so we can build layers and you can end up having five or six layers on something around, around a topic like procrastination, you know, and, and it was really helpful for me to, to start peeling back the onion, if you like, and, mm. and removing some of those layers. So I'm not saying I don't procrastinate anymore. That would be just a big fat lie. So I, so I, so I do, but I'm a lot kinder to myself when mm. I do, because I realize, oh, I've, I've just, I've either got caught up in my thinking. Um, I've got, you know, in, into, into a busy head or busy mind, um, or, or there's a misunderstanding that I haven't quite seen through. Mm. And I realize it's actually a really bad strategy to beat myself up about that. 
okay. like a really bad strategy to to think that that is somehow going to motivate me to change my behavior because mm-hmm. it hasn't worked so far it's not been a great strategy so far <laughs> and that doesn't mean that you're you're you know often people will have a fear well if i'm nicer to myself then i'll get nothing done that hasn't been my experience mm-hmm. now in the very short term maybe you will get less stuff done but it doesn't take very long for 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 that to turn a corner because beating yourself up is taking up mental um cycles as someone calls it like you've got a certain number of brain cycles and it's using all these brain cycles um so so you have less for actually getting getting stuff done and having new ideas about how to approach something Mm -hmm. i mean this was true with my book I, i was procrastinating over getting my book finished because i was like well and maybe there was an element of, well, it's not as fun. It was more fun writing it than editing it was what, what I had going on in my head. There was also an element of, well, p- people are gonna, aren't going to like it. So why spend time on it? Uh, you know, we, we have all this crazy thinking. And, and then when I kind of fell out of that, there was, there was a, I just realized, well, okay, what's going to help me actually edit this book? Oh, working with an editor actually if I, I work well with people rather than on my own so if i get an editor and, and i knew which editor i wanted to work with mm-hmm. well, if i just work with him who was great chris nelson great great guy um we can get in a little system going where you know he, he can send me a few and i'll say right i'm just going to work on these three and then i'll mm-hmm. send them back to him and that's exactly what happened you know and we just got a little system going um, and, and there were times when I still, you know, put it to the bottom of the pile, but it, it got, it got done as, as I wasn't beating myself up about not doing it and trying to motivate, motivate myself through, um, through, through that mentally, come on, Kush, you've got to do this. Why aren't you doing it? That, that's yeah. not very helpful. Yeah. There's a couple of things in there, Kush, that, that sort of, when you were speaking kind of popped up for me, <clears throat> you know, the first thing is knowing the difference between procrastination and germination. You know, sort of when you you know you're not ready to do something because there's either some information you need or things need to settle. And that's been a journey for me, recognising the difference between procrastination and germination and that sometimes it's okay not to do things when I think I'm meant to do them and to be gentle on myself because it has a different feeling to it rather than, like you say, forcing yourself to do something because you think that's what you're meant to do. And when I know from that deeper space that that's what I'm meant to do, I'm meant to wait a wee bit longer, and I then do the task I'm meant to do, I do it so easily, so quickly, so effortlessly, it just absolutely gets done, and that's an absolute joy to work from that space. Um, And I've forgotten what the other one was. (laughs) It's something but my brain's totally gone I wouldn't worry about it but no you know I did say it's a little book but it is packed with lots of stories and areas of all of our lives you know it's universal what you've written here is universal it's not just specific to you everything you've spoke about we all do to varying degrees or we've all seen through to varying degrees so it really is it's a lovely read that will help people on their journey yeah thank you i had a i had a lady reach out to me and she went it's like you're writing about my life 
And, you know, and it's one of those funny things that, you know, for so long in my life, I thought, you know, this is, this is unique to me. This, this is, this is how my life was and woe is me. And, um, it's not like that, you know, we, 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 we all have, and it might not every chapter is going to be relevant to every single person, but like you say, um, you know, we're far more similar than, than, than we often realize. You know, and it's beautiful to read a book like this, I encourage, and read it from a space of not confirming what we already know, but to, to have some deeper insight into something that we don't know yet. And that for me was, was how I approached your book. And it just, you know, the joy and the laughter and, and some of the things that have happened to you are just, it's lovely to hear that somebody else <laughs> has been sort of slapped about in life until they've actually woken up. <laughs> they've seen well, well, I'm I'm glad you're amused by me being slapped around in life. <laughs> it's this Ouija thing again. I can't help it, uh, being a Glaswegian. But Ankush, thank you again so much for being a guest on the Unashamedly Human podcast. This book is about being unashamedly human, and I am so glad that you stepped up and you have just kind of shown yourself to help other people see themselves too. So thank you very much, Ankush. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast once again. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Hey, you could be larger than life, bigger than the world, living out the hopes and dreams of every boy and every girl. Hey, you could fly higher than the sky, shine brighter than the stars. You can have all you ever wanted.